Technology and the Sea. Fascination Marine Technology. A podcast by Bärbel Fiening in cooperation with the German Association for Marine Technology, GMT. Welcome to this podcast episode where we experience marine technology in extreme use. It is in action at one of the longest and toughest professional sailing events in the world, at the Ocean Race. The Ocean Race started on January 15th in Alicante, Spain. Within six months, five teams sail around the world in a 32,000 nautical mile race. This corresponds to a length of 60,000 kilometers. They plan to arrive in Genova at the end of June. The route consists of seven lakes. Right now they are in Cape Town, where they start this Sunday to the longest leg ever sailed in an ocean race. From Cape Town they will sail the Southern Passage around Antarctica to Brazil. But the ocean race is not only a sporting event, but also a race that is really about the state of the oceans. All five teams have cutting-edge marine technology on board to collect data along the way while raising awareness about the importance of this ocean race. For this podcast episode, I spoke with Stefan Raimund, the scientific leader of the ocean race. He's also in Cape Town right now to review the marine technology on board before the start of this challenging leg. Welcome, Stefan Raimund, the scientific leader of the Ocean Race. Good afternoon from South Africa. At this moment, you are in Cape Town, where the next leg of the Ocean Race is going to start on Sunday. How is the actual situation? Uh, the teams are super busy with the last preparations uh, for the next leg. As you know, the next leg, uh, for the first time, uh, will sail completely around uh, the Antarctic Ocean. Um, it will be the longest leg in uh, the history of the ocean race. And um, important for us, for the science program, is that for the first time we can measure and assemble in these waters. So this is a huge advantage compared with the uh, former edition. It's the leg from Cape Town to Brazil. It's around the bottom of the world. And it's very, very challenging. You just said that you collect data. What kind of data will be collected during this next leg and during all legs of the ocean race? So for the first time, we equipped our entire fleet with science instruments. So we have five boats. On the first boat, we have an um, automated microscope installed. And this microscope will uh, film tiny living organisms called plankton. Uh, so we look for phytoplankton. So the plankton, which creates the oxygen we breathe. Every second breeze you take comes from the ocean. And also zooplankton. And zooplankton is uh, the second step in the food web, uh, which leads finally to fish. And uh, we like to eat fish. So next instrument we have on board is a microplastic sampler. So we will filter water through a set of filters. And those filters are exchanged um, every day, stored on board. And when I come to the next port in Itajai, I will take those filters with me and send it to our partner, the NOC in Southampton. There, these scientists will analyze what can be found on the filters. So we will have a good idea 
how many plastic particles can be found at what place of the ocean. And also we see the chemical signature of those plastic particles. Um, so we can um, trace back the origins of those plastics, uh, which can be found nearly everywhere in the ocean. The next aspect of our science program is our underway system called OceanPack. We have two boats with this unique piece of technology. Here we pump in water from the keel at about three meters depth. And inside the science equipment, you have a couple of sensors which measure different parameters in the ocean. For instance, we measure at high accuracy uh, temperature, salinity, uh, the oxygen content, and the CO2 concentration in the water. Um, maybe one number I would like to mention. Um, I, I made a, a stupid calculation based on our instruments we deploy. So we have seven legs we will sail. We will, we will sail 72,000 nautical miles and will be about 95 days at sea. During this time, we will take about 400 samples for microplastic pollution in the ocean and we will measure around 4.3 million measurement points of different parameters. So we are for sure one of the uh, largest providers of scientific data in the world of sports. Wow, this is very impressive. So all these Imokas have marine technology on board. Does that reduce speed? I mean, this is a sports event and uh, the team's want to be the first and marine tech is heavy or isn't it um not in this case because we have a dedicated special instrument which is designed to be lightweight which is designed to be robust and consume low energy uh, saying that um so we have an instrument what works on board of racing boats but still it is something what we have to ask the sailors they have to commit uh, to have this extra load of equipment on board Does it reduce the speed? Um, maybe a little bit, but um, I would say the effects is really, really low. First of all, on the Moka boats, our aim is to, to analyze water. So we need to get the water from the ocean in our instrument. And at the Moka boats, we have a water inlet in the keel of the boat. So there's no extra drag, for instance, uh, having an, an extra hose. This is not needed. We take the water from the keel directly to our system. Then the next aspect is weight. Our instruments are designed to be lightweight. The next aspect is power consumption. Our instruments use power, significant amount of power, uh, about one amp, what's about 20% of the actual power consumption of the boat. But all in all, um, you can say that's, that's a burden which is possible to ask the teams to, to take. Is there one person responsible for um, collecting data or is it done on the side or how is the data collected during the race? So the instruments are designed to require only very limited amount of manpower during the race. As you might remember, Boris Hermann had one of those instruments on board when he sailed alone during the last Vendée Globe. And uh, during our race, the, the ocean race, we have a core of four people. Plus, we have one person called the OBR, the onboard reporter. And this fifth person has the time and the capacity to take care about our science equipment. Okay. Can we track the data during the race somewhere in the internet in real time? Yes, we will have the data visible in real time starting from this leg. 
So you should find them on our website. And after the race, or perhaps during the race, what will happen to, to the data? Do you cooperate with scientific institutes worldwide or who participates from this data? We measure a wide range of different parameters because we want to understand the health of the ocean and how the climate change and the ocean change affect our oceans. So um, for each different parameter, we have one partner. One of the important parameters is uh, the uh, concentration of CO2 in the water, so-called pCO2. And here we work together with the uh, German Institutes Geomar and the Max Planck uh, Society. Then we measure also on high accuracy uh, temperature and salinity in the water. And here we work together with the French Institute Ifremer. Um, Our partner for the measurements of microplastics is the British NOC in Southampton and the American University of Rhode Island. Then we have one more French partner, the CNRS, which takes care about uh, the measurements of dissolved oxygen. Is this scientific program during the ocean race a new part of the race or has there always been a scientific level at the ocean race? This is nothing completely new. We started already in 2015 with the deployment of Argo floats. So Argo floats, it's um, long tubes uh, filled with uh, sensors and with batteries. And those instruments are deployed in the middle of the ocean. They will sink down to uh, one or two thousand meters depth, stay there for a couple of days, come up slowly to the surface and send the data by satellite to land stations. And they repeat this for about two years uh, until the end of their life. And uh, this kind of deployments had been done during the edition 2015. And the science program, what we know now, started in 2017-18 with the edition of the former Volvo Ocean Race. What is the intention behind it? The intention behind is that scientists need data from remote areas, especially from the Southern Ocean, where it's really difficult to get uh, scientific information about the health of the ocean. We want to understand how much CO2 is dissolved in the water, how water currents work. So for this, we need uh, information from salinity and temperature, how many microplastic particles can be found. So what is the amount of, of waste we put every year in the ocean? And uh, for all those questions, we need data and a nice vehicle to get those data are our fleet of, of uh, racing boats. It's so important to, to gain data. You already mentioned the commitment of the teams, but is it easy to find teams who are convinced in uh, collecting data during such a sports event? Because that's their main focus, I guess, to win the sailing race. Yes, yeah, it's something very important what the scientists need to understand. It's it's a uh, first place at a sport event. And uh, sometimes uh, scientists get too overexcited and want to have more and more instruments on board. But at the end of the day, it's a sport event. And uh, the guys and, and girls, they want to win those events. That's, that's clear. And like this, it was complicated to um, convince a team. During the last edition of the Ocean Race, um, it was really, really hard to get the positive feedback of a sailing team. And this changed quickly after the experience of the first leg. Uh, when the boat came to Portugal, um, what was visible that the media tension was really high 
for the team with the science equipment. So sales starts to understand, okay, this is something what we can give back to society to help with data collection. And since then, other sailors like Boris Herrmann, Fabrice Amadeo on Emoka boats, uh, Oliver Herr, also an Emoka sailor, just to mention some, have those science equipment on board and they commit to this program. Yes, they are role models. Boris with his slogan, a race we must win, uh, is very important for this development, I think. Yeah. And not forget that uh, this time on the ocean race, we have all five boats equipped with equipment. Um, so we have Boris who comes with his own equipment. We have a biosome, which, which comes also with his own equipment. So this tells you already a story. It's not, not the organization Ocean Race, which is um, a leader in this field. It's also the teams they really want to help. And so it was this time not complicated to convince the sailors to take our instruments on board. And we get uh, lots of help from the teams, support from the teams, technical support. So it's much easier than it was during the last edition. So this definitely has changed. And it seems as if there is a, a different kind of awareness that it's important to collect data. It is. And also um, they understand that they are sponsors, they are very much behind the program. So they understand they can get extra sponsors with this kind of programs. So it's a win-win situation. What does this scientific level of the ocean race mean for the teams? Is it a burden or is it perhaps easier to find sponsors because these kind of awareness, sustainability is such a huge topic nowadays so that it might be better for sponsors to to support the teams because of this scientific level? Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. Uh, first of all, the, the sailors, they, they see that their ocean uh, changed. So the ocean is their working place. So they see uh, something is going on there. So they have a uh, national um, motivation to, to help science program. But also um, there are sponsors around, um, which supports a lot um, science program. So they find new sponsors with the science program. Now, while we are talking, you are in Cape Town. You have to do maintenance on these marine technology or what's your job as a scientific leader during this ocean race? You are not on board. No, I will not sail with them. As I mentioned before, the science equipment is operated by the OBR, the online reporter, onboard reporter. Uh, and my job here is uh, to make sure that the science equipment is working well. So we deinstalled the equipment, put it back here in a workshop, had a closer look to each piece of technology inside uh, because we want to make sure that on the next legs, the really important leg around Antarctica, everything is working at 100% uh, perfectly well. So you will be in, in Brazil again and uh, have a look at the marine tech or? Exactly. So I would travel to each port, especially the next port will be important after this really stressful lag. So you have to know that the next lag is the longest lag ever sailed during the ocean race around Antarctica. This is um, a big step for, for the science program. I mean, they didn't choose this lag for science, but for science, it's a big benefit that they sailed so long time around Antarctica and they will come back with a really interesting data set. But it's also very challenging for the marine technology because of these extreme conditions, because of rough winds and the strong vibrations, especially during this lag, I guess. What does this mean, these uh, conditions for the marine technology? 
So the technology needs to be very, very robust and resist um, vibrations, shock events. For instance, when the boat crashed down after wave um, on the water, so you have huge uh, G-forces uh, working on your instrument. You have salt water or salty spray in the boat. Uh, Corrosion is, is a big topic. Then we are working on a carbon fiber boat, which is a conductor. So uh, power supplies is always a complicated issue um, to get a proper power supply for the instruments. Science instruments um, having very sensitive electronics inside and slightly different power supply might change the operation of the instrument. So all in all, we are very happy to find companies, some German but also international companies, producing or manufacturing those instruments and supporting us with their sensors. And so now it's your job to go from boat to boat and have a last look at these marine tech before they start for this important leg on Sunday. Are you very welcome on board by the teams or do they have to focus on this sport level of the race? And uh, do they think, oh, what does this guy want on board now? Yes, yeah, the team must understand the importance of the science program. But at the same time, um, one has to be careful uh, not to ask too much. Uh, when I work on board, I try not to disturb the sailors and the technicians on board. So um, when you respect their work schedule, um, then you get a friendly feedback. Okay. So will you be in Cape Town when the next leg starts on Sunday? Unfortunately, I will be in the plane already, so I will leave the same day in, very early in the morning. I will not see it, but I will follow in the plane by internet uh, the leg start. Do you have to work a lot for the ocean race during the stopovers in the ports? Um, so one main aspect um, of my job is uh, to train the OBRs. We will deploy, to give you one example, so-called drifting boys during the next leg. Drifting boys are um, uh, instrument which measures barometric pressure and uh, sea surface temperature. And those data are sent by satellite to uh, meteorological organizations. And barometric pressure is a key parameter uh, for weather models. So if you don't have these kinds of measurements, especially in the Southern Ocean, your models, your weather forecasts is not that good as it could be. So it's really critical and also very important for the sailors. Those drifting buoys will be released around Antarctica and will stay there for about two years. That means our EMOCA teams, uh, most of them will sail next year during the Wondi Globe, will benefit from their work from this race uh, during the next big ocean race, the Wondi Globe. So it's not complicated to explain to them why they should carry 50 extra kilos, why they should um, handle those instruments with uh, extra care. Uh, that's not only for now, it's also for for the future. For the future of the sailors or for the future of the, the teams and for the future of our planet. Exactly. With those boys, we also understand or investigate ocean currents. So we uh, we measure the position of the boys and can follow actual ocean currents. And another aspect to follow ocean currents is that we measure temperature and salinity. And both parameters drive the global band of, of water masses. So we have an so-called the, the conveyor belt where water is uh, pushed all over the globe. So interesting. Do you develop your scientific program from race to race? Are there different aspects um, planned for the next race, for example? 
It's a constant uh, development. So when you look at our list of uh, aspects we have uh, now, it's it's much more than uh, during the last edition. And uh, we're talking with scientists, what are their needs? We're talking with the industry, what is a uh, hot topic, what can be deployed during the next edition. So we think already one step uh, ahead. For this edition, for the first time, we will sample eDNA, environmental uh, DNA, on the leg from Brazil up uh, to Newport. And we also, for the first time, sample trace elements. Trace elements are metals, typically metals, uh, trace metals, uh, which are very essential for the growth of uh, plankton. And uh, as you know, every second breeze we take comes from the ocean. So the health of plankton is key for the health of the planet. And are you in constant exchange with these companies who develop marine technology to tell them your needs? And to develop new new aspects? Yes, I have frequent discussions with them. What is on their agenda? What we can implement uh, for the next race? Also give feedback. Um, what worked maybe not so well. So we give them a good feedback. They are very happy about our feedback. And in this manner, we would uh, further develop the program and the technology also. Thank you, Stefan Raimund. Thank you for sharing this with us and Let's keep fingers crossed for this scientific uh, level of the ocean race. That's the most important race we have to win. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. This was today's podcast episode. I spoke with Stefan Raimond, the scientific leader of the ocean race. I recommend subscribing to this podcast so you won't miss any new episode. And thank you for a quick review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Bye. Technology and the Sea Fascination Marine Technology Podcast by Bärbel Fening in cooperation with the German Association for Marine Technology, GMT. Music